Sometimes when you're recording a podcast, things just don't go according to plan. <laughs> You've tuned into the Art of Money and Communication podcast. My name is Joshua, and this is the place where you can come on Wednesdays to hear inspiring financial stories from everyday normal people, just like you and just like me. I absolutely love my job. I love what I do. But every day is a little bit different. You might have heard me say that before, but today's been a day where I've been stuck at the, the home office. I've wanted to record a podcast. There's been that horrible drilling and banging, which has meant I've had to record this a, a few times. Well, more than a few. But here I am. One of the things that I love about my job is the, the variety. So today, learning a little bit of music, cracking on with that tax return. Oh gosh, that's been a that's been a job, I tell you. That's for another episode in itself. But there's another part to my job, which is the, the traveling, the networking, the meeting people. And I've been fortunate over the last few weeks and months to be doing a little bit of traveling and rubbing shoulders with a variety of people. And some of those people that I've been talking to are people that have wealth. So today's topic is is focusing on that that word wealth, being rich. What does that mean? How does that translate into the way that people live their lives, people talk, people move? And what can we learn from that? And what should we want to be careful of as well in in the future? If we're aspiring towards wealth in our in our future life, then what should we be watching out for? So beginning our topic of riches and, and wealth is something that has to be said. This was provoked mainly by watching a, a clip on YouTube from Stacey Dooley. And she is a person that creates documentaries of, of real, real variety of, of topics. And in this particular topic, she was talking about finances, wealth, and inheritance. And she sat around the dinner table with people who had inherited a huge amount of wealth, and so much so that they can continue to live a, a very lavish life, it seems, from their inheritance. And Stacey was prodding, she was poking, she was asking big questions, saying, why do you deserve this? And they... they, they had it out a little bit. They were saying, well, we've, we're very lucky, we're very privileged, but we want the best for our children. Life is a lottery. You win some, you lose some, and we've had a lot of luck, and we've inherited this money. Why should we feel bad about that? Now, as Stacy prodded and proked, I, I was just reminded of some of the situations that I've been in in my life, and it reminded me of a story where I was talking to a friend. Now, in British culture, we don't particularly like to speak about money. Maybe with friends, it's a, a topic that you can broach in certain circumstances. But generally speaking, it's not something that people talk about. But with this this friend, we're in the same business. We're at a similar point in our career. We're talking about those important milestones of, of life. And one of them was buying a home. I expressed my desire for wanting to buy a home and that, that I had saved the, the deposit and I was ready to move forward at that time. And as soon as I said that, I could see something change in, in his body language. There was a certain uncomfortableness in the, in the air. 
And his immediate response was something I only imagined to be somewhat defensive. And he said, well, I'm going to inherit my my trust fund from my parents when they pass away, so I'm going to be sorted for life. And it was a throwaway comment. It was a bit of a joke. But as you, or if you were to unpick what he meant by that, there are several problems with that. Not only from a a society perspective, but from a financial perspective. So starting from a financial perspective, we have to consider that, yes, we can get inheritance, but second of all, that it's not guaranteed. So parents can go into into care. That can wipe out a huge amount. Care is so incredibly expensive in, in this country and in many other countries. And it can take a massive chunk out of anything that you may perceive as as an inheritance. But second of all, things can change just because you now think that you may inherit that at the moment and that may be written up in a will. Wills can change. Trusts can change. It's up to the, the people creating the trust. And that can that can happen. There are many cases of where it, when it, where it has happened, and you shouldn't rely on a what if mentality. What if I one day get the the inheritance? Then it's all going to be okay, and I will be able to afford X, Y, Z. Of course, for this particular person, it sounds like a very substantial inheritance. But the the problem with that is the beh- the behaviour that that he has is banking on that one day possibility and what i absolutely admire about everyday millionaires people that create that wealth for themselves is they they build that for themselves and i imagine that that conversation with stacy dooley whether that would be a different type of conversation if those people had created that wealth for themselves i just have a feeling it would be an entirely different conversation so going back to my first line, how communicate like a rich person? Which type of rich person are you trying to communicate with would be the question. Is it someone that has built their business from the bottom up? Is it something someone that's invented something? Is it someone that's run the corner shop for 30 years? Or is it someone that's inherited their, their wealth? Two entirely different circumstances and from a communication perspective you're going to want to assess out what type of person this this is what do they like to talk about from a selfish perspective i love talking to everyday millionaires or everyday wealthy people let's say because there's there's just a sense of 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 normality that i can relate to their experience that they they are able to to meet me halfway have you ever been in a networking situation where you, you go in and you feel that tension in the air? You get that sense that the, the big boss is there and you're a, a measly little worker and you think, oh, what, what on earth are we going to talk about? Well, as someone that's interested in communication, I've started to try and rethink this in my own life and that it's our own responsibility to make sure that we find ways that we relate to people regardless of their of their circumstances. And that is really the a great example of someone that is a, a very smooth communicator is when they're able to 
to communicate and be themselves regardless of their of their company. I respect those people so much, and they are few and far between, I, I can assure you. So there's a difference between those who inherit and those who have created their their wealth. And this is also displayed in in behaviour. One recent example was it's still on my mind actually as I, as I think about it. There was a woman waiting in a in a very posh bar and the the server was serving a drink. She wanted soda water and there was no soda water available, only sparkling water. And in this moment she made very clear that she was the person in the the hierarchy position and that the the person serving her was of a much lower status, let's say, and she did everything within her power to make that person feel as uncomfortable as possible by the fact that there was no soda water available. Was she perhaps in, in debt? Was she having a hard day? Maybe she just got fed up and she needed to take that vent, that frustration out on on someone. Had she built that wealth herself? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And contrary to that, there was a, another gentleman in one of the, the restaurants that I saw. And as soon as he sat down, he was smiling from ear to ear, asking the staff what their name was, how their day was going. And I sat there in the corner observing this gent and thought, I want to know more about this man. Why is he so positive? Why is he so friendly? And it's a it's a lesson, isn't it? That the way that we interact with people, regardless of, of where they are in life, whether they're up the chain, down the chain, doesn't matter. The way that we treat people is important. And indeed, ironically, what's the the woman uh, desperately craving her soda water wanted, had she had she been a little bit more friendly, I'm sure a staff member would have gone out of his way to, to make sure that that everything was, was okay. But I, speaking from personal experience, if I'm mistreated, I won't go the extra mile. There is that sense of resistance, isn't there, that you'll do the bare minimum you have to, whereas if someone is kind and, and courteous, that you'll... You, you'll gladly go there because you can recognize good behavior when you see it. So that's that's the way that my my mind works in these things anyway. Now, moving on. I have a a series of of traits which I've tended to notice from from people that are not only not only wealthy but just confident in life and I want you to have a think about these things for for yourself and whether you can employ them in your own career or your own working life. Walking and leading from the body. The way that you walk says a lot about people, and I can be a testament to this, because when I was at university, I got constant constructive criticism on the way that I walked. Can you believe it? Next time you're on the train or out in a, in a busy city centre, just look at some people that are walking down the, the street. Catch catch your eye onto, or attach your eye onto someone that you deem to be looking confident. And analyze what do they do with their body to to make that happen there's a number of things that i do in my own body my my chest is a little bit more broad 
My posture is, of course, upright. Someone that is perhaps a little bit elderly might lead their body from the from the chin, so they're a little bit hunched over, and their their whole walking pattern is led from their chin. And counter to that, someone that's extremely confident might lead from their their shoulders. As you observe your person in the street, you'll notice how everyone leads their body from from different places, and this then starts to to really send the message that you want to send to to other people. Just last week, you know, I was saying I was rubbing shoulders with with people that that have had wealth and experiencing wealth. Well, of course, I want to get to know more people like that so I can learn more from them. This particular person, I think he was 87, but he was full of life, full of jokes. He liked to crack a joke. Very easy to talk to as well. Something that I found very relaxing about this gent is... It was just very easy to be in his presence. After chatting for a few times, he gave me his card. And this has happened in the past. Someone gives you your card, it goes into your pocket, and you either lose it or you forget to write to them. So I thought this time I'm not going to lose it. I'm going to take a picture of it. I took a scan of it. But when thinking about today's podcast episode and the importance of of communicating and learning from others, I realised that I hadn't done anything with that card. It was just a picture in my phone. And I always thought, well, you know, when the right circumstances come, I'll send him a message. I think that's the wrong attitude. If someone's given you their card, then that's the perfect opportunity to, to touch base and to say, thank you so much for your card. This is my email. And you really confirm and consolidate that relationship. And that's exactly what I did today. Email address was out. It was just a couple of lines saying, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming to the performance. He's, he was someone that come to see, came to see a show of mine. And let's keep in touch. You know, impressively, within three minutes of sending this email, I had a reply. It was just a two-liner. Thanks so much for your message. Yes, absolutely. Let's keep in touch. If I wanted to ask a question or if I was in the area that he was in or passing by, that would be an opportunity to just to chat. For example, I'm sure he would even be the type of person that would come on the podcast. You know, So by consolidating that, that relationship, those possibilities are, are on the table. Whereas if I hadn't, they wouldn't have been. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. There was another story where someone gave me their card and I had a really, really meaningful interaction with this person. I held their card in my wallet for at least a year and then unfortunately lost it and never never took that step to get in touch with that person. That's such a, it's a missed opportunity, isn't it? We shouldn't miss on, out on those opportunities. Knowing what to say and when to shut up. Perhaps you're in that situation where you're talking to someone you don't exactly know how to 
relate to them. You've got those awkward silences or you're just blabbering on because you just want to fill those awkward silences. Well, having having wisdom of, of knowing what to say and when to shut up, shut up is really, really key. If you're looking for, for small talk, then go for observational Go for affirmation. That's always very helpful. So if someone's wearing nice glasses, start the glasses. Start with the glasses. Oh, I love your glasses. Where did you get them from? Then transition into something that you you feel comfortable and and that shows and demonstrates your your personality. Oh, I've got terrible sight. You know, when I was a kid, I wasn't able to play football because I couldn't see the the football very well. Whatever it would be, you just transition to, into a place where you offer something of yourself. But most importantly, that you observe what the other person wants to to hear about as well. Communication is all about having a thread. The thread between you and the person that you're communicating with needs to be as clear and open easy as possible. If that thread is clear, going back to my prior example of this gentleman who's 87, the thread was clear. He cut down any anxiety, he just said, look, here I am, here's some stories, here's some jokes. We met each other halfway and had a nice, meaningful interaction. Someone else that I, that I met on this, on this trip, a lovely American chap from Florida, I believe, called Doug. Massive personality and such, such a sense of, of, of confidence with his character. I was sitting around with some, some colleagues and he just walks up to us. Can I sit down with you? I want to chat. He was clearly a very extroverted person, but it was lovely because suddenly I was sat next to this person. He was a salesman and we were just talking about what what he does, how that could apply to our business, what things we could change. And that was a I just really admire the way that he walked up and just said, right, I'm going to talk to you now. Boom. Remembering names, referencing books, quotes or studies. We're always thinking about being as credible as, as as we can, not in an unauthentic way, but in a way that, that is real to, to us. Remembering names is not something that comes easily to me at all. I've noticed that our wonderful colleagues and friends from the United States are very good at that. But remembering, affirming the name really makes such a big difference. If someone remembers me, Joshua, and in that first interaction with me, they keep reaffirming that they know my name, it's it's a great feeling. It's really wonderful. You, you you just get that sense that that connection is building more quickly, more strongly, and it's a simple, simple tool. However, someone like myself, I'm always worried about getting the name wrong and end up not really going for that. So that's a shame. It's something that I'm trying to improve, remembering names, referencing books, quotes, or studies. That is... Again, it's not something that comes particularly naturally to me. I would go more for the stories. I'm more of a storyteller, so I stick to my strengths. And I believe by show, um, by by telling my stories, that's how I get that same sense of of credibility. But for you, it could be books, quotes, or studies. Now, how you dress matters. This is a bit of a controversial one, actually, because I've heard about this study with. Dave Ramsey, where he's talking about everyday millionaires and they don't drive modern cars, well, not modern cars, but brand new cars, and they might just be wearing jeans and they go unnoticed. But there is still something about the way that you, you dress is incredibly important and, and sends, sends a message to, to people of how, how, you, how, you see, how you view yourself. This is really, really something to, to consider. And I know in the... 
in the tech world, for example, we're moving into the <laughs> into the universe where you, you just wear a t-shirt and, and jeans to work. But I'm a true believer in that wearing something that is that's formal makes you act, move, communicate in a, in a different way, and that can be a fantastic thing for your working career. Take it seriously, and it doesn't have to cost the earth. Honestly, I go on, on Vinted, for example. I know that there's a brand that I bought from TK Maxx one time, an Italian brand that is lovely, does high quality men's jackets and suits. And now that I know my size from that particular company, go on to Vinted and I can get a really nice jacket for 10 or, or 15 pounds. It doesn't have to cost the earth and looking smart. I always get compliments on, you know, if I wear just a jacket, just a jacket to to meet friends, everyone will always comment, you look smart. I've got a nice pair of shoes on, you look smart. It makes makes a difference and it sends the, the right signal that you're you're taking things seriously and that you're keeping your, your own standards high. Finally, to wrap up, this is just something that's popped into my head and I can leave leave you with this, particularly as people who are striving towards financial independence or trying to cut down and make sure that you pay off the debts. A video from Donald Trump. <laughs> and he was talking about a friend of his that wanted to do well in life, wanted to make money, wanted to have successful businesses. And Donald Trump was saying that the only way that he could do that was to live this life that was a rich life. If he were to go on a standard class train, wouldn't cut it for him. But by going into that first class carriage, it would give him that mentality that he had to bring his A-game. He had to be amongst these people that were successful and were going to drive him to be, be better. And at that time, Donald Trump goes on to say that he wasn't a rich man. But the consequence was, the result was that he became a very wealthy man later on in, in life. And that's challenging, isn't it, for, for us in the in the fire community, because it goes against everything that we we know. Why should you try and compete with these behaviors or, or why should you try and make it look in a particular way if that's not going to going to benefit with you? It's a multifaceted problem and the, the question of, of wealth is is deep rooted with, within society and makes us question ourselves and our motives. But I hope this episode has made you think about how you perhaps could act a little bit more like a person that that has wealth regardless of where you are in your wealth journey the way that you the way that you speak fluency being a big part of that minimizing those filler words if you're stuffing your sentences full of filler words ums ums mm, mm, i like sort of kind of you know what i mean Words that have no meaning or purpose in your sentences and don't really convey a story, you're going to lose that so-called thread between yourself and the people that you're trying to communicate with. Take your communication seriously, as well as your financial journey. And I truly believe that these things go hand in hand, because here I am talking about finances, but having decent communication skills allows me, gives me the privilege to be able to be here talking on this microphone to have these ideas and to share that with the world and maybe that means that you can do the same thing sometime soon or keep going with what you're doing already 
be encouraged. You can absolutely do it. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in and see you on a Wednesday sometime soon. Now, you'll all know that I talk about the whole host of referral codes in the show notes. Well, today I'm going to recommend something in particular. Since I've just turned my information for my tax return, I'm going to have to tell you a little bit about OneTap. Now, OneTap was a bit of a a godsend because what it does is you can scan your receipts and it automatically uploads everything and then creates it into a spreadsheet, which I can then send directly to my accountant. Really easy to use. I signed up. It was $49.99 for the year. There are some cheaper plans available, but for, for me running my own small business, just an absolute godsend and honestly i've been banging my head against the wall (laughs) this year when it comes to my tax return but that was one thing that was made so much easier and i highly recommend that one tap you can get 20 percent off by using the code t-a-x-s-a-v-y tax savvy at one tap that's all for now folks see you sometime soon Please keep in mind that none of the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice and you should seek your own independent financial advice.